Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. On today's episode, we have Tom Bowman. Tom is the author of the new book, What If Solving the Climate Crisis is Simple? Hello, Tom. It's very nice to have you here. Oh, it's my pleasure to be with you. Can you please tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Tom Bowman. I am Uh, I have been called a social entrepreneur. That means someone who is finding ways to do work that is useful for, for humanity, for the community. I started an exhibit design company. I worked uh, on trade show exhibits, trade fairs, and also museum and aquarium exhibits. I started that in the late 1980s. And, uh, and, Along the way, I was invited to design an exhibit in the United States and worked with climate scientists on the project. Uh, and that and another project that was very much like it caused me to sort of change my career. Mm-hmm. So about five years ago, I sold my design firm and I started a consultancy. And so now I do all kinds of different projects that are about engaging the public with action on the climate crisis. Everything from communication projects and an ad campaign to meetings with social scientists to figure out what they know about how people think about climate change uh, to this new project I'm working on since 2020, mm-hmm. which is to help the United States uh, come, come up with a national strategy to empower the public to work on climate change. Wow, this is very interesting. And Tom, how long in total have you been focusing on addressing climate change? Yeah, it's been almost 20 years. I I designed that first exhibit in 2003. Uh, And before then, I had designed science exhibits and I worked with electric utility companies in the United States on energy efficiency education. Uh, But I never really paid any attention to climate change until I worked with climate scientists in 2003. And it's been the main thing I've worked on ever since. Well, that's a long time. Uh, And like Tom, I feel like people are more concerned about environment now than they used to be. Do you agree with it? Yes, absolutely. And in fact, um, there is evidence to show that uh, from public opinion surveys that more people are worried about climate change today than it ever ever before. And the number of people who think that climate science is a hoax is smaller than ever before. So yes, 
you're exactly right. This is the time people are most ready to change. Yes, and in the last few years, I'm getting more and more worried about climate change. Tom, you've been very active analyzing the effects of climate change. In one of your contributions, I saw that you addressed what are the severe implications of climate change on marginal populations. Can you please tell us more about it? Sure. Um, and this is, a, this is a really deep concern uh, that, that people are starting to recognize now more than ever before. Um, when the climate changes, when the weather changes, when we have droughts and fires, wildfires, when crops fail, when it becomes too hot to work outdoors, and when there are floods, the people who suffer the most are the people who, who live at the margins, who have the, the fewest resources. So these, these people, these are people who are poorer. Um, mm -hmm. They tend to live close to power plants and oil refineries or right next to highways. Mm -hmm. And so they breathe, they suffer from air pollution and their health is, is compromised more than wealthy people who tend to live in places with cleaner air and yeah. less traffic and so forth. So, so there's constant harm befalling people who, who have less influence and less wealth. But also when, when climate disasters strike, um, the people who are most displaced and most hurt by it are the people with the fewest resources. For example, um, Right now, there's been a surge in immigration into the United States from Central America. And the reason people are leaving is because uh, agriculture has been become very difficult in Central America because of the shift in the climate. And so people have migrated to cities where there's poverty and where they have no no real opportunity and where there's a lot of exploitation and violence. And so those people have become climate refugees and have headed northward. Um, and it creates this, a, a real challenge, a moral challenge for wealthy societies like the United States to decide what, uh, what are our obligations to people who have, are less fortunate than us as our climate changes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And for you, what are the to most relevant actions to mitigate these issues. Yeah, so I think of, uh, you know, you can, you can describe this in many different ways. You can say that we need to rapidly expand renewable energy, which is true. Um, but I, I sort of come at this from a different perspective. And that is that uh, you made a comment in a little while ago that said that you find you're unable to sleep at night when you think about climate change, yes, right? Yes. And, and one of the questions that I am most interested in is, is since so many people feel that way, why do so few, few people feel that they have the power to do anything about it? Right. I mean, I, I give you, I applaud you for, for having a podcast where we talk about it. This is really helpful. And and one of the things that the social scientists I talked to have told us is that our biggest problem in confronting climate change is that we don't talk about it enough, that, that people don't talk to their neighbors, friends, and family, and coworkers about their concerns about climate and what they're doing to try to make it yeah. better. 
That's and because, true. Yeah, and because we don't, we tend to feel, we all feel isolated and powerless. And we think that we have to find something big to do on our own. When in fact, if we talk about it more, we create a sense of shared support and shared purpose. And we start thinking about our collective progress, our collective impact, and that is empowering. So that's, that's one of, of the two answers I would give you. And the other answer I would give you is this, um, there, was, there have been reports that have said that the least expensive new form of energy in the world is the energy we don't need. In other words, if we embrace energy efficiency, everybody can do that and we can reduce global warming quickly and all of us can contribute to it. Uh, and I, I have personal experience with this because I, I decided when I owned my design business to see if we could reduce our carbon pollution. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that through simple energy efficiency techniques, we reduced our carbon footprint by two thirds 67%. And we did it in just 15 months and we saved money doing it. So what that tells me is that there is an enormous amount of carbon pollution that we take for granted that's unnecessary and it's within our hands to reduce it. Yeah, it's a very good perspective. And I believe also that reducing waste would help a lot. Absolutely. We, we consume more energy per capita, per person, mm -hmm. than probably any other country in the world. And even in the United States, there's a big difference. I live in California. Um, mm -hmm. and in the 1970s, California decided not to build more power plants, but to invest in energy efficiency instead. And so today, the, the, average person in California uses the same amount of energy as they used in 1975. Wow. But in the rest of the United States, the average person uses almost twice as much energy as they did in 1975. So, so even here, we've discovered that there is a huge potential to change this. Um, and it's why the United States needs, it's so important that the United States has rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, um, because we need to, we need, we, <laughs> we're such a big emitter of carbon pollution. Yes. That we get our house in order quickly. Yes. I'm so relieved that the U.S. rejoined the, the Paris Agreement. And I believe that energy efficiency is the key. Yeah. Well, it's a big, big, it, it's the fastest way to make progress because mm -hmm. all of us can embrace energy efficiency today in, in simple ways. And you mentioned waste, you know, mm -hmm. everything we buy that's manufactured, every piece of plastic wrapping paper uh, that our products come in um, and every gallon of or liter of water that we consume has energy in it right? It takes energy to make those things. It takes energy to, to transport those things to us. And so the less we waste, the less carbon pollution we cause also. So almost all of these things are wrapped up in, in the environmental changes that we're worried about. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Tom, what do you see as being the main and most relevant source of renewable energy? 
Well, that's interesting. Um, and it depends on where you live, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, wind and solar are, are leading the way on renewable energy and the, and the costs have fallen below the cost of creating new fossil fuel power. Uh, and once you install wind or solar, you don't have to buy fuel for it for the power uh, generator anymore. So the economy of renewables is so much better than oil, gas, and coal. Um, and here in California, the utility companies I talked to have said that sort of for the most part, wind works really well when it's large scale right? Mm -hmm. um, so if I put a little wind turbine on my roof, I wouldn't get very much power out of it. But if the utility company establishes a wind farm, they can generate lots of energy from it. But I have solar panels on my roof. Uh, and that makes a huge difference because you can put solar on, uh, on roofs everywhere. Uh, so, so I think the two really are important. And of course, there are technology development projects looking at tides and ocean currents uh, and because there's so much potential energy in the ocean but those technologies are expensive and they're only being developed today so you know there there will be a different future maybe 20 years from from today or 30 years from today but today it's it's wind and solar Yes, I agree. And wind and solar are a reality right now. On the other hand, there are people who focus on negative aspects of, for example, wind energy. This is a big challenge because, um, because the fossil fuel industry has been investing very heavily in, in misinformation um, because renewable energies threaten their, their finances. So um, uh, one of the things we can do is to, is to increase the amount of information that's available by talking amongst ourselves about it and by sharing the good news. For example, there's a report that came out recently that said if you paint one blade of a wind turbine black, birds will see it and they won't fly into it. Um, and so you reduce the number of bird strikes a lot by doing that. This is, you know, this is new information and it's, and it's exciting information because it means that one of the things people complain about about wind power doesn't have to be such a problem anymore. That's great. So the problem is easy to solve. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As you say in the book, it's not that difficult as we think. 
Right. That's right. So let me tell you about my book just for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. This is a book I wrote last year. The title is What If Solving the Climate Crisis is Simple? And it's, it's a provocative title, but I wrote it because I, as I thought about the climate crisis and I thought about why so many people can't sleep at night but feel powerless, it occurred to me that we've learned about climate change from scientists who study complicated global systems. They study the atmosphere and the ocean currents and all of that complex stuff. And we've been told that the solutions to climate change are also, they involve really complicated systems that in society, that human systems like tra global transportation, global food production, urban planning, waste management, energy generation and transmission and storage. And when you try to think about making a difference as an individual or as a business or as a, a community government, a municipal government, you feel like you're up against something that's so complicated and so big that you have no power to change it. And that makes people feel defeated. But you know what? That's just an idea. That's just one way to interpret the climate challenge. Because if we set that assumption aside, we discover that there's really only one thing that we have to do, and that is to stop burning fossil fuels well before the middle of this century. And we absolutely do not want to fail. And when you think about it that way, that means that every company, every town, every household can embrace energy efficiency. We can all talk about climate change. We can participate in, in decision-making with our community government and our national government. And we can, we can be empowered and we can make rapid progress against this, this challenge. And all of a sudden it doesn't look as big. It looks like something that we can have an influence over. Yeah, so it's good to start with a clear action. It is. Yeah. And Tom, um, it's kind of controversial, but um, how can we unify the world when it comes to a global issue, especially if each country is having completely different conversations when it comes to climate change? Yeah, that's a, such a good question. And um, I am going to say something controversial, I think, uh, Lucia. I'm going to mm -hmm. say that that the idea that everybody has to unite around the same solution is a byproduct of that same complicated systems thinking that I was describing when I wrote my book. Because, because that complicated way of thinking about climate change makes us think that there has to be a master plan. But, but the way societies really change is that change happens everywhere in lots of different ways. And at some point, people start to recognize that all of this, all the different actions that different groups of people are taking in different communities add up to something. And it's the adding up to something that's really the strategy. So the Paris Agreement tells every country to figure out how to reduce climate change in its own way, in its own circumstances, because every every country or every you know province or state is di has different circumstances mm -hmm. and different resources so so if we empower everyone to be part of the solution 
you and I will come up with, and your listeners will all come up with different solutions, but together we'll all be on the same path of coming up with solutions. And I think that, that that's a really exciting way to think about tackling this challenge because one of the things that's most exciting about it is we don't have to try to figure out how to get every country in the world to agree. They don't have to agree. They only have to work on the problem. And when they work on the problem in their own way, they're all contributing to the big solution. And then we'll discover what the solutions are as we go, as we go along. And that's, to me, that's a very exciting and creative way to think about our future. And you said something that reminds me of a quote from Maya Angelou. She says, you can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. So what do you feel like when you listen to this quote? That, uh, that is, yes, and that's such a good quotation. Um, I, I once, you know, when I had my design business, I was talking to a, a, the, bus the owner of a business that used to, to build the exhibits that we designed. And, and someone came in from another company and was looking around. And I said, do you worry about this? Every, every business wants to hide the way it does things and protect their secrets. And he said, they can look around all they want because they can never copy what's inside my brain, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. In right. other words, it's just what Maya Angelou said, the more creativity we use, the more creativity we have. And so the more we share with each other and the more people we invite into, into equitable participation in these challenges, the more we gain and, and the more creativity we discover. And that's, that's our future. That's our hope for our future right there. Yeah, it's very good. And Tom, what can we start doing now to prevent or limit the rising sea levels? This is also something that makes me uh, wake up in the night. Yes, I understand. Because, because if you live in a floodplain, and you are a farmer in, in a delta, river delta, or if you live on a coastal community and the oceans rise, you will experience flooding. And later, you're, the land you live on might be completely covered with water and you might have to move. In fact, there's a, a community called Shishmaref in Alaska that literally had to relocate the whole town mm -hmm. because it was suddenly falling into the ocean. So, so this is a big, big concern. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the most important thing we can do is to, is to stop using fossil fuels as quickly as we can because then the world will stop, the climate will stop warming and that will limit the amount that the oceans rise. So, so that is the most important thing to do. A scientist used to tell me, you know, we only have one input into this problem and that's the amount of coal, oil and gas that we burn. And nature takes it from there. So, so that's, our, that's our key. And then depending on where you live, um, there are different ways to try to defend the coastline, um, planting mangroves, planting, you know, planting other coastal vegetation that buffers the waves, um, building barriers in the water that just break up the energy of waves before they come to shore, protects the shoreline. In some places, it means building seawalls. But in other places, it's going to mean moving inland and abandoning the coast because the coast will just move inevitably and mm -hmm. 
and so the the smart move is to is to plan ahead and gracefully move backward inland a little bit and create new buffers that that protect the community in its new in its new version of itself. Mm-hmm. And Tom, in your work, one of the key messages that you give is that solving the climate crisis may be simpler than we think. What's the main strategy that you suggest to tackle this problem step by step? And how can each of us start simple everyday actions to make this change? Yes. So, yeah, the book has sort of a slogan in it to define how simple this is. And the slogan Mm -hmm. is stop burning fossil fuels well before mid-century and absolutely positively do not stop. Now that statement is is kind of a challenge to all of us, right? Mm-hmm. It, it says that as we go about our lives, in our homes, and in our the businesses and institutions where we work, and in our com- government, in our community, and in our province, and in our in our country, um, we still have the things we need to do every day. But the question is, how do we do those things without burning coal or oil or natural gas? And when you make that the, your core strategy, climate change stops, is no longer some abstract separate thing you have to figure out how to do. It's in fact, the way you do everything. So I, I had a slogan in my design company that said, make every decision a green decision. So if we're going to, if we need light in our room, um, open, the, open the curtains, use as much daylight as we can and turn the lights off. If we, you know, replace all the old light bulbs with LED light bulbs because they hardly use any electricity to to give us light. Um, to if the weather is good, open the windows and use fresh air to to make our rooms comfortable. Uh, uh, it means walking more. It means driving when you're going to drive, do several errands at once instead of driving each time on an errand when you're shipping things for your business, you know, we used to ship trade show exhibits around the United States and we'd send it to a show in Chicago and it would come back to Los Angeles to the shop. And then we'd send it to a show in, in Florida and it would come back to the shop. And then we'd send it to a show in Las Vegas and it would come back to the shop. And we changed our practice. We sent it to Chicago and then it stayed there. And then it went to Orlando, Florida, and then it stayed there. And then it went to, uh, Las Vegas before it ever came back. So we we reduced the shipping by more than 50%. Everybody can do these things. It's just that we aren't used to thinking of it this way. Um, and so the main strategy I urge people to embrace is to is to figure out how we live our lives, fulfilling our, our life ambitions and and so forth and our obligations, but not burn fossil fuels as we do it. And importantly, talk about it with our neighbors and coworkers and family members and friends so that we begin to build social support for everyone behaving this way. Thank you, Tom. You inspired me even more. So please tell us where we can find you and your book. So my website is tombowman.com, Tom, B-O-W-M-A-N.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find links to the books there that that will take you to a number of different online resellers, um, and they're available as eBooks or as paperbacks, all over the world. 
So um, I hope people will read What If Solving the Climate Crisis is Simple because I wrote it because I think the message is so important. And the more we share that message, the better off we will be. I think everybody should read it because it's for us, to our planet, our kids, and it's important to make the world a better place. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to have you here today. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.